www.jesus.com. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. All right, sit down and shut up, Boomer, because you're going to listen to what I have to say. And that wasn't my idea. That was Renton Rathbun's idea, who's the (laughs) director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina, on the campus of beautiful Bob Jones University. Merry Christmas, buddy. How are you? Real good. Merry Christmas to you, too. You come up with some great ideas for, for shows. And so today, Renton had, had emailed me and said, how about this? What I've always wanted to say to, and then we have boomers, we have Gen X, we have millennials, and we have Gen Z. So boomers are basically people in their 60s and 70s. Gen X, uh, if you were born between 65 and 80, so I'm like on the lower end of Gen X and Renton's on the higher end. Millennials who are born between 81 and 96. So if your kids are in their late 20s or 30s, we're talking to them. And then Gen Z, which is basically uh, teenagers today. So a great idea. And we've got a lot to get through. So so we're, we're not going to pussyfoot around here, Renton. We're just going to get right at it. Uh, so we're going to talk to boomers first. So this is this is boomers mostly is this audience. OK, so offend away, because once I get to next Friday, I don't have to worry about a live radio show anymore. And we'll come back and do podcasts. Uh, so we'll uh, try to burn as many bridges as we can between now and then. All right. So boomers, if you're born between 1946 and 1964, basically people in their 60s and 70s, uh, what do you want to say to them? Okay. So this one isn't, you know, this isn't going to offend anybody. I don't think, um, what I'd like to say is what you have done is not in vain. Well, that's encouraging, that, and I'm generally not going in that direction. But that's <laughs> <laughs> we didn't compare lists. That's fine. But yes, why do you say that? I say that because I've seen a lot of people who are either in ministry or who had very important jobs, um, and were important men or important women, and they are now realizing how fast that can go. Mm-hmm. I could be taken away, and they become someone that everyone was dying to hear from to someone no one even cares about anymore very quickly. And it makes them believe that maybe all of this, everything I've done doesn't matter. And what I'd like to say to them is that it does matter. It still affects uh, the world and us. And we, there are people that have been listening. I would Mm -hmm. say that. Well, that's good. I appreciate the fact that you're captain encouragement. (laughs) Because I'm not. Oh, boy. <laughs> which Here should we go. be no shock to anybody. So my first one uh, for the boomers out there, uh, which I'll just say it, and then we'll move on because I think I'd rather spend more time on yours. Uh, short and simple, quit worshiping Donald Trump. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay, back to you, Renton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're talking about, I mean, you know, there's a there's a sense in which everything has changed so fast. Yes. You know, I think there is there is a fear and it, it kind of goes into into what your comment was. You know, Donald Trump so, seems to be a man that they feel, well, how are we going to fix all this and get back to the way things were? I'll do anything. This guy's got to be the guy, yeah, yeah. you know, 
and they just put all their hopes and, and dreams in him. And I think some of that might be um, maybe Gen X's fault, maybe the millennials' fault, because we have we have made them obsolete so quickly. Mm. Um, I, I don't. I think part of the of the boomers' way of doing things was not to mentor. Yeah. Um, it was to do what you need to do. They'll watch me and they'll copy me. So this is how I mentor. You just watch. I'll do it. Caught rather than taught. Yes. Definitely. And I think that came back and and hurt them because what happened was Gen Xers felt like, I don't want to do what you did. I want to forget what you did. And they and these people have left, have retired or yeah. stepped back. Um, and now they're living in a house. They're alone. Um, and they're watching the world just take off without them, without anyone using the wisdom or yes, the work yes. that they tried so hard to accomplish. Yes. And in the church, I would call that age-based apartheid. We separate the young people from the older people and you cut yeah. off the young people from the wisdom. So my number two, which I'll just goes right along with my number one. Uh, you can't save America, so get over it. And then number yeah. three, to your point, uh, talk to our teens. Uh, teach. Yes. Don't don't just because you feel like you're on the sidelines, you don't have to play the role of the martyr. <clears throat> and right. they need your wisdom. And once you start talking to them, uh, you'll be surprised that you can actually get a captive audience. You have so much to teach them. You're mm -hmm. not irrelevant. You have way more wisdom than any of them can possibly have. And so please, please talk to our teens, teach, yeah. share what you've learned. That's Boy, that's great. I would even add to that. Um, life is too short to pout. Oh, uh, yeah, people have treated you poorly. Maybe they're not listening to you, but you don't have time to pout. You've got to force yourself and insert yourself into their lives yeah. and make them listen. Even if at church, you have to physically grab them by the shoulder and say, I would like to talk to you. Yes. Do it. Do it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're not going to have anyone saying, oh, I don't like that the older people are trying to speak into the lives of my children. No one's going to say that. If Nobody. they do, they shouldn't be at church. Right. Yeah. Kick them out. I'll help yeah, you with that. Right. That's I'm right. Captain Discouragement rather than Renton <laughs> is Captain Encouragement. But yeah, but yeah, but get after it. And, and, if, and if you're a boomer, uh, you're in your 60s and 70s and you're, and you're feeling obsolete, uh, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't buy that. Mm -hmm. uh, retirement, I understand that from business, but you never retire from kingdom work. And, and get in there, and, and we need you to, and you're alive, not so that you can sit around and, and bake cookies and do crossword puzzles and go golfing. God has kept you alive because he still has work for you to do, so get after it. And mm -hmm. especially That's right. uh, for us as teachers, I'm like, please uh, <laughs> engage our teenagers, That's early right. 20s, uh, Gen Z, millennials, engage, mm -hmm. engage, go after them. Yeah, you, you might feel like you're old fashioned, you might feel like um, you don't have anything to offer in a technological world, but that's actually what makes you valuable. Yes. That you are not speaking into a technological world with more tech talk. <laughs> they need to hear what life was like. Yeah. They need to hear the struggles you went through, yeah. how you overcame them in your lifetime so that they can learn from that. Yeah. Make them learn. And they that's can great. certainly learn from that because like uh, some rich dude once said, there's nothing new under the sun. 
<laughs> and right. you can bet your bottom dollar, whether you're a boomer or a Gen X or a millennial or a Gen Z, that that's as true today as it was when Solomon said it. Steve Noble with Renton Rathman. We'll be right back. David on the When was that? Was that yesterday, Josh? David was yesterday. On Rumble, like the last show, Renton. Oh, wow. But since I'm talking to you and you're a Gen Xer, I guess I can address you now. So we're talking to Renton Rathbun, the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview down at Bob Jones University. It is Theology Thursday, of course. I'm excited. Next week, uh, my last Theology Thursday on the live radio uh, platform will be with Sam Horn, so I'm excited about that. And Sam and I have done a lot of radio together and have gotten to be good friends, and he's uh, been through some real trials and tribulations in the last several months. So I'm not exactly sure what we'll be talking about next Thursday, but he is a great brother and very deep and just got a, a, has a kind heart, so I'm sure uh, what he wants to share and what we'll talk about will be fruitful to say the least, but uh, our good friend Renton Rathbun in the house today talking about uh, what I've always wanted to say. We started with you boomers which is the majority of you. And now we're going to move into Gen X, uh, Gen Xers, which is essentially Renton is us. I mean, born between 65 and, and 1980, which is a shocking number. I was born in 66. You're a lot younger than I, I am. When were you born? 72. Okay. Five years before Star Wars. So you were alive when Star <laughs> Wars came out, which means you're blessed and highly favored there. That did the sign of the <laughs> cross, right. and you should just receive that. Okay, so what you've always wanted to say to Gen X, basically people our age, people in their uh, 40s and 50s, kind of in that ballpark. You go first. Okay. Uh, I guess the first thing would be um, we have a tendency as Gen Xers to want to um, – get in line with all the technology that's going on. And I would say to the Gen Xers, don't be in such a hurry to be techno savvy. Mm. Um, enjoy the fact that you grew up most of your life without technology, the way we have it today. Don't lose yourself the way Gen Z has already lost itself. Uh, yeah. Make sure you are grounded with, face-to-face contact and remembering how to speak to other human beings. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it amazing how so many of us, whether we're talking to Gen Z, the teenagers or our own group, uh, we, we yell and get up and get frustrated with Gen Z and their face always in the phone. But if you compare us today to, to how we were eight years ago, you'll find my face in the phone a lot too. So that, that, that's a great, great point. Let me, let me do this one. Here's one on my list. Um, own your junk. I'll say that again. Own your junk. I think Mm. as parents, we've made a lot of mistakes and we've overparented. I think a lot of us like, this is certainly true in my family. When you were talking earlier about, uh, Boomers just kind of live your life and expect that your children will pick up on that and follow in your footsteps. And that that's never the way it worked Uh, for us as Gen Xers. One of the things that I think a lot of us struggled with is we fought the culture war. We've seen the, the culture change so radically so quickly that we're frustrated. We're angry back to your Trump point earlier. You're like, Hey, we tried nice. Nice isn't working. Now we're going to try a bit Mm -hmm. of a hammer. And and so I, I I've had many conversations with our own kids and apologized for the for several of the ways that I acted and and reacted as their father and 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 didn't really listen to them I just kind of pontificated down at them and I've had and I've apologized 
often and ask them to forgive me. Uh, I think we need to own our junk. You need to look in the mirror, especially if you're a parent, and just kind of like, like what, what kind of things have you seen in your children's lives that you had something to do with that you're not particularly thrilled about, mm. nor would the Lord be? And, and whatever your part is, just own that. I think it means mm. a lot to our kids when we apologize. Even if you end up doing it a lot, you need yeah. to be willing to humble yourself. So own your junk. Boy, that's great. Yeah, we, we think, and you know, we kind of grew up with the idea that apologizing is weakness. Right. And if your kids see that you're weak, then they'll never, you know, they'll never obey or anything like that. Um, and that kind of goes along with my next statement, which is don't forget that fatherhood is at the core of what's real. Um, God the Father and God the Son are the relationship that never had a beginning. Um, it is at the core of reality. And so the way feminism has affected men today, where it, you know, feminism, you know, as far as Gen, Gen Xers go, at first we're like, no way, I grew up with Sylvester Stallone and and all that sort of, you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we slowly, you know, wanted more and more peace. We wanted We wanted to just get along. We wanted to just, you know, get ahead. And the only way to do that was to give in to this feminism that has been beating on us uh, for so long. And I would just want to remind all the Gen Xers that fatherhood is at the heart of, of reality. You have mm-hmm. got to know, especially men, that your fatherhood is going to affect the next generation so much more than you imagine. And we, if, if we lose that, if we lose the idea of how powerful fatherhood is, um, we will we will lose our next generation, and I yeah. I fear that in many cases we have. Yeah, yeah, I agree on so many different uh, levels. There, I have one that's similar to this <clears throat> typical Steve Noble language: get over yourself and try reaching our kids. I would I would tie that into what you said, and a little more encor- encouraging side: uh, don't give up. Just because your kids are in their 20s or in their early 30s uh, doesn't mean you don't have influence. Just because you screwed it up before doesn't mean you can't do it well now. I have a dear Mm -hmm. friend who used to be the president of the Southern Baptist Convention years ago, and uh, he made a lot of mistakes. And then one day his son was in his 30s, pushing 40, and he called him and said, hey, I love you. I made a lot of mistakes. Can we do a Bible study together? Mm. And they did it every week by phone. And, and it was wow. amazing what God did. And so don't give up. I mean, our kids are, yeah. are most of us are realizing our children are different than we are and, and they've grown up in a different environment than we have. And so don't just, uh, just don't, don't, because you're becoming an empty nester, don't just kind of give up on your kids and now it's their life and you have your life and go mm-hmm. do your thing as you move towards quote unquote retirement. Uh, don't give up. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on praying and don't give up on having a relationship with them. Play the long game. We need to be a lot more like Chinese people. They think in terms of decades and centuries. Yeah, that's right. Americans think in terms of four-year stretches of the presidential election <clears throat> or how fast I can get my Chick-fil-A and my milkshake in line. Mm, boy, that's the truth. We don't have a lot of patience, but we need to. That's great. And if we could learn how to start fathering the, the young men in our church mm. as well, um, especially as those of you that are becoming empty nesters, uh, refill your nest with people from church. Uh, bring them into your home. Yes. Uh, feed them. 
that's always a good way to get young people into your home. You feed them food. Yes. Um, you connect with them and you listen to them, which is really hard for Gen Xers to do is to listen to young people. Yes. So if we can, we can learn how to listen and then they, they eventually, and it takes a while, but then they eventually shut their mouths yeah. and then it becomes our turn and they'll listen. Yeah. Real quick. Cause we're going to hit the break uh, when, when that listening thing, whether we're talking about millennials, 20s and 30s or teenagers today uh they're the lone the teenagers loneliest generation gen z they're all on their phones nobody's paying attention to each other going to the restaurant even husband and wife boyfriend and girlfriend family they're all looking at their phones nobody's talking to each other so if you actually don't allow yourself to be distracted you look at them and you listen to them you will be shocked at what god does with that small level of investment a mustard seed if you will, we're talking to Renton Rathbun from Bob Jones University. What I've always wanted to say. We'll be right back. Here's what I'm thinking. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble Theology Thursday with our good friend Renton Rathbun. Renton, in the background is some really cool uh, Detroit Motor City Motown music that you can't hear, right? Or did you hear that? Uh, no, I can't. I mean, it's well, like take your word for it. I mean, you're like you're snapping along, and I'm thinking Renton Rathbun is so cool. There's no way he wouldn't like this song. <laughs> but then you are the head of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University. So perhaps being in such an esteemed position, you're not allowed to say you like anything that's secular music. That's right. I, I only <laughs> like all things perfect. <laughs> so it's the hymnal or nothing. <laughs> that's right. Uh, maybe a psalter, maybe. <laughs> maybe a psalter. When you're feeling particularly salty, you'll go with a psalter. Anyway, it's great to have you back. Thanks for being here today. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, uh, once again, Renton's idea, what I've always wanted to say. So we started with boomers, which is, you know, most of you are boomers in your 60s and 70s. Gen X, that's Renton and I, and, and many of you, you're born between 65 and 80. Now we'll go to millennials. Millennials have gotten a lot of FaceTime over the years. Uh, we talk about millennials a lot. That's people born in their, from 1981 to 1996. For a lot of us, that's our, our kids. If they're in their late 20s or 30s, they're millennials. And what have you always wanted to say to this? I'm not going to say it. Uh, particular group of people, Renton, what do you want to say to millennials that you've always wanted to say? Now's your shot, so fire away. Yeah, so I would like to say have some grit. Uh, the millennial generation, uh, because they lived in an instant generation, mm -hmm. Uh, they lived at a time where everything was becoming instantaneous. I mean, there was a time where just to get online, uh, you were waiting to listen to all these weird sounds. Yeah, we were we were amazed that in in less than sixty five seconds, a page would appear. <laughs> but now, I mean, you know, the millennials, everything's got to be right now, right now. Yes. And if you were to say to them, you know, you need to keep on trying. What I always hear from millennials, I have tried. And when you really dig down, what happened was they tried once, it didn't work out, yeah. and they had the guts to try again. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work out, so they'll never do it again. Right. Um, there was a time in the 80s, That's but you probably time. remember this, the movies were all about 
people that were trying and they would fail and they'd try again and they would fail. They'd try again and they would fail. Um, and they would keep on trying. Finally, yeah. they would make it. And that would be a glorious moment. We, we honored that. Uh, now that's gone. In fact, uh, you'll like this example. I believe with the new Star Wars with the girl uh, who's Ray. Ray. Um, do you remember, you know, Luke Skywalker, we had a big montage of him trying to learn how to do stuff yeah. with the Force yeah. and be Failing. a good swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. But she just suddenly. Bada bing, uh, bada boom, baby. Yeah. Jedi in a it. box. She doesn't have to practice. No. She you have to have a little green man on her shoulder. No. She just so, got it, baby. So it's like. Right. She gener- uber eats. She was like uber Jedi. Just bring <laughs> me my stuff and I'm rocking and rolling. That's a great point. Yeah, and it's just very hard for them to understand what grit even means, let alone yeah, yeah. to pursue it. My my admonition to the millennials goes along with that. This was my number two. Uh, don't live by your emotions. Mm. Because we, cause we helicopter and lawnmower parented these folks. that uh, trying Because we wanted them to succeed because my parents are just pretty much l- figure it out, Steve. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, buttercup. And, and then you're like, I didn't get much help from my parents. And so then we turn around and, and, and a lot of people in our generation, we overhelped our kids. So like their fourth grade project looks like a 50-year-old did it because a 50-year-old did do it. And so we're like lawnmowering everything and smoothing everything out. And that's why, to your point, we have a lot of uh, millennials that don't have any grit and they're mm-hmm. over emotional. They live by their emotions. So they get emotional about George Floyd. So they show up at a, at a BLM protest march, don't even really know why they're there. Yeah. <clears throat> but it feels it feels right. Follow your feelings. Yeah. Another Jedi yeah. reference. Follow your mm-hmm. feelings. Uh, uh, follow your heart. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I seem to recall reading in this book. This old dude was saying the heart is a train wreck, <laughs> like mm-hmm. deceitful beyond belief. The only yeah. person that can properly judge the heart is God. And so you want to follow your emotions because you're just an idiot. <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. and that's part of that. They don't have any grit. I mean, we can't blanket statement everybody, but trending, that, that's a big issue. They don't have any grit. And I think they're way too emotional. All right, yeah. your turn. You're better up. Yeah. So I would, you know, we give them all these all these things that, are, that they need to work on. Um, one way for them to work on it is to do the other thing that I'd like them to do is to connect. Mm. Uh, learn how to look someone in the eye and speak to them and learn how to... Uh, either leave your phone at home or if it buzzes or makes a vibration, leave it alone and stay connected. So if you can connect with someone, you might be able to connect with someone that's older. Um, we tell older people to mentor, but you need to be willing to be mentored. Yes. And so how are you going to connect well? You have to put your technology away and learn how to be a human. <laughs> Learn how to be a, a human, uh, connect well, which I'll go to my number one point with the millennials was learn lessons from your parents. Mm-hmm. So I said to the parents, own your junk and realize where you messed up and, and have that conversation with your millennial kids and, and, and apologize and ask forgiveness. Uh, but millennial millennials, late 20s, 30s, uh, learn lessons from your parents. There, there's so much there. And when I talk to my students, I'm like, how many of you have any kind of conversation at all with like grandparents or do you have any great grandparents? So in my, my world history class, they, they have to do 
three papers on a person of interest and I allow them to do one of the papers on somebody that's in their family. But I said, they, it can't be your mom or your dad unless they immigrated here from another country. It's got to be a grandmother, grandfather, great-grandfather, great-grandmother because prob- you probably don't know much about them and you've cut mm-hmm. yourself off from all that wisdom. Yeah, that's right. So, so go write me a paper and find out about them. So learn yeah. lessons from your parents. Mm. <clears throat> and I would, I, would, uh, I would add to that, um, learn that, yes, there are many things in this world that are frustrating, and yes, they are your fault. Uh, one of the hardest things I've found millennials to do is to blame themselves. Yes. Wow. That they they really are to blame. They are wrong. And you don't always get to be the victim. You have to take on being the villain sometimes yeah. yep. and deal with that with that villainy. And so if you are a villain, you need to own that and deal with it. Otherwise, you will never repent if you've never yeah. done anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> If you're under that illusion, uh, here's here's the third one I put down here uh, for millennials because I've seen this a lot in my uh, kids' generation. If you if if you're conservative politically and you can back that up theologically, which I believe you can, uh, don't buy the lie that if you're conservative, you're a mean, hateful, bigoted person. Don't buy that lie. Because their generation has been taught, if you're like that, you're like your parents, and your parents hate homosexuals, and they don't care about the plight of the the African American, and they don't give a rip about all these things. So if you're a conservative, that means you're a terrible person. Don't buy that lie. That's just a total lie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hating sin does not mean that you hate people who sin. And and so we have been taught that in order to love people, we must love their sin as well, because <laughs> they've identified with it, and we've got to beat that. Yeah, we have to beat that. And 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 again, that's like you, you, I could maybe add in there, pick a team. Yeah, that's right. You're you're riding the fence and all that happens there is well, you got the visual. So mm-hmm. d- don't do that. Pick a yeah, team and that's and, right. and again, the world if you're a believer and you're a millennial, the world needs you to be a beacon of truth. Mm-hmm. Cuz nobody else is. Yeah. And without the truth, you got no true north. And without the true north, that's that's the problem. And I teach my my ethics students this. I'm like, listen, the the gospel is a moral solution to a moral problem. So if your generation as Christians uh, no longer will speak moral truth in the culture, you're going to give the culture the uh, idea that they're just fine, mm. even though their conscience is telling them not. The law that's written that's on right. their heart is telling them not. But the culture is telling them you're fine. So when you show up, you little Bible thumper, and you say, well, you need to be saved, they're going to be like, saved from what? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been to so many protests. I'm pro-Palestinian. I'm a really good person. (laughs) And and you're like, no, uh, you you need to stand for truth. You say you don't want to hurt people's feelings. You say you care Mm -hmm. about people. Then care about them enough to stand for the truth because it's only the truth that's going to set them free. That's right. And that's that is that is so hard right now because everything they're being told is standing up for something that is not popular is is the worst thing that you can do. So at at least be right. quiet about it. Yeah. And and we need I mean pretty soon the millennials are going to be us. That's right. And we're going to be the boomers. Yep. And and they've got to be the ones that stand up and speak for what is right yeah. or no one will. That's right. And we need to encourage them in that don't just complain about it. Don't just insult them. Don't just call them snowflakes. You got to walk with them. Walk with them. 
Okay? Jesus walked with these bozos for three years. And he's still walking with you and he's still walking with me. Be patient and teach and lead and disciple. This is Steve Noble with Rent Rathman. We'll be right back. All right, here's a really deep theological question for you. If you get drunk in your dream, are you guilty of drunkenness? Welcome back. It's Theology Thursday. This is Steve Noble, Renton Rathbun from the Center for Biblical Worldview at Bob Jones University. That's not what we are talking about today on the air. We're talking about uh, what I've always wanted to say. We started with uh, you boomers. Uh, and my kids will say that every once in a while, even though I'm not a boomer. They'll go, I'll say something. And they'll go, boomer. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. What they're saying is you're old and you don't know any better. I'm actually a Gen X. That's what Renton is. So we said, what do we always want to say to boomers? And what have we always wanted to say to Gen X? Then millennials is what we did the last time. They were born in the, from 81 to 96. They're in their late 20s and their 30s. For a lot of us, that's our children. And then last but not least, the, the uh, group of people that we uh, swim around in all the time, you at Bob Jones University and me with Noble U, is Gen Z. They were born between 1997 and 2012. Uh, a lot of them, most of them, were not alive for 9-11. Uh, they've never known a world without smartphones, without iPhones, without streaming services. They've, they've grown up in a very different world than we have as a Gen X or, or as a boomer. And, and my daughter, our older daughter, Amelia, is 25. She's technically uh, a millennial. Her, her younger sister is 18. She'll be 19 at the end of the month. And, and at one point, Amelia said to Caroline, about uh, phone usage and TikTok and stuff. She said, this is Amelia, the 25-year-old, speaking to the 18-year-old. She said, your generation is so screwed up. <laughs> and they're eight years apart. <laughs> but that's how fast things have changed. Yeah, so, that's right. so what uh, do, does Renton want to say to Gen Z? Mm. And what do I want to say to Gen Z? And by the way, <clears throat> these are the people that we teach uh, every week and have the pleasure to do so. So you you be first. You go first. Okay. This is something my wife and I have been talking about for a while. It's something my wife has been on my wife's uh, heart for a long time. And that is this generation, Generation Z, has taken what ought to be sacred and have made it common. Mm. Um, and and usually through through social media, I mean, obviously, you know, people being immodest with their pictures, yes. something that's supposed to be um, supposed to be sacred has turned into a common everyday thing. But even relationships, the idea of um, what love is has be has gone from something quite sacred to something quite common, um, all the way down to how we treat each other, how we treat adults. And it's 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 become a real problem where everything has become common there's nothing sacred anymore there's nothing yeah, yeah. special anymore and i and and if they really want to understand how god's word works they need to understand the difference between what we need to keep special and what actually can be common not everything should be common okay so let me drop this little load of profound thinking on top of that. Uh, the sacred has become common, which means nothing is special. Mm. And when everything is common and nothing is special, you just killed shame. Yeah. Shame dies in that exchange. 
Mm-hmm. Because if nothing's special and everything's common, then there, why would you ever experience shame? So there's no mm-hmm. shame in, at, at cross-dressing and joining the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and showing up on a Christmas parade float like they did here in Cary, North Carolina on Saturday. There's no shame in wearing a T-shirt. I put a picture of this up on social media recently. This lady put a, had a T-shirt on, uh, and it said, I've had 21 abortions. Mm. There's no shame in that because eliminating the child in your womb has become common, and that yeah. child is not special, so there's no shame when you pay somebody 21 times to kill 21 of your children. Mm. And you see that. There's no shame. You see it with social media and modesty. Shame is dead. And mm. I, that's just a that's a really great point. And, and yeah. I think we all see it everywhere. Okay, give me another one for Gen Z. Um, if you're a learner, um, which, which is another issue, but if you're a Gen Z person and you're a learner, learn how to be troubled. And what I mean by this is don't enter a classroom uh, already knowing everything and seeing if your teacher is going to agree with you. <laughs> um, in other words, go into a classroom ready to learn and if someone says something that you don't agree with, don't automatically say, think they're wrong. Allow yourself to be troubled by it. Mm-hmm. See, that's what we've lost in this generation. Yeah. We, we don't believe just because someone has credentials and has had, you know, decades of teaching behind their, behind, you know, on their resume and they've done all these things, they don't care. Um, if they don't like what they heard, you're wrong. Yeah. And so they've got to think, okay, I don't like what I heard, but let's this trouble me for a little bit. Let mm-hmm. me, let me do some research. Let me ask some questions doing it because I'm troubled. Yes. <laughs> they have lost. Them. Yeah. That's really good. I like that one. Learn how to be troubled. <clears throat> Here's one that I tell my students all the time uh, in no uncertain terms. Don't be a sucker. Mm. You guys are getting played and manipulated all the time. You have been since you picked up the device you're being played and manipulated. Don't be a sucker, and, which leads to my other point. The only way you can avoid being a sucker, which goes to your point as well, uh, is to become a critical thinker. Yeah. Now more than ever, you're, you're, Gen Z is in a deluge of information and competing worldviews, and there is no central truth. Everything's negotiable. Nothing mm-hmm. troubles them you just because you just, just even the playing field and, and nothing's a big deal and everything's fine. Everything coexists. Everybody should have the bumper sticker, uh, but they're being played and, and, and they're easily manipulated. I tell my students that all the time. I said, listen, you guys come in here and, and you know who I am and I'm up here teaching with all kinds of authority. But if you don't read the textbook, how, how do you know if I'm telling you what's in the textbook? How do you know that I'm telling you the truth? Just because I'm a mm-hmm. good presenter and, and I'm uh, an energetic communicator, blah, blah, blah. You guys just, you just take it in. Yeah, that's pretty much what you do. And yeah. I can just manipulate you all day long. You're getting manipulated here. They don't even, most of them didn't even know that what pixelating means. And I'm like, do you guys know? You, go, you, you Google search yellow tennis shoes, and the next thing you know, you got ads all over the place. That's pixelating. They can just follow you around. And most of them are like, really? I was wondering why that was happening. <laughs> I'm like, you, the emperor has no clothes, and you can't see it. it it's remarkable to me, to, me uh, to your point, and I want you to follow up on this and and we'll finish with this one <clears throat> put down the phone and read because mm. you can't be a critical thinker unless you do that you got to put right. down the phone and start reading yeah so go ahead and read and you would have to read something that goes beyond a, a few paragraphs from a blog <laughs> 
more it's than 500 a, I mean, words. We, we, a lot of young people, especially Gen Zers, their idea of getting the news is just reading the headlines. Right. And, they, and that's the news. That's it. Um, even to go into reading the actual article, do they have the skills to know how that article is, is being shaped so that they can shape your opinion, knowing that there is no neutrality right. ever? Ever. And so if, if there is no neutrality, then what's my template as I read everything? And, and then to, to be able, to your point, be able to read something that is a long-term reading event that has to take many, different, many uh, reading moments in which you are having to remember the story or the information over a long period of time, which is something that's an art that a lot of young people Mm-hmm. Not they haven't lost it. They never knew it was there to have. Right. Yeah. And so to to read a big thick book other than Harry mm-hmm. Potter, um, that is difficult, and you yes. have to wrestle through it to yep. even understand it, and to stick with it, and to hold the hold the arc of the information and idea all the way to the end. Yeah. Is is part of that critical thinking work that if you don't have that, your whole life is going to be these little bites of information right. that have no way to yeah. to argue them in a in a legitimate way. Yeah, you're a mile wide and an inch deep and very emotional on top of it. And yes. now if you become a critical thinker and you're well read as a Christian in this culture and in your generation, uh God will put you before kings because you yes. don't have a lot of competition. Most <laughs> of your generation is stupid, they're ignorant, they're uninformed and they're lazy. Uh yeah. do you remember what Nehemiah's job was before he took off for Jerusalem? He he worked for the king. Yeah, remember what he did? Thank See you, ya. Josh. The cupbearer to the king. Yeah. All right, so cupbearers the- back in the day. <clears throat> hey, I got a new I got a new bottle of rosé. Great. Hey, thanks for bringing it, Nehemiah. <laughs> Take the first sip, bro. Yeah. Uh why? Because the king was worried about what he was consuming. Bada bing. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, You need to be worried about what you're consuming because you're being poisoned all the time. Mm -hmm. And it happens. This it's the frog in the pot, kindergarten through 12th grade and then through college. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're like, who is this kid? What happened? Because we parented like you talked about earlier. We just we set the example, but we didn't teach. We didn't engage. And and they didn't turn out like you. And you don't know why. Not that you're the perfect example. Christ is a perfect example. But I think it's a big deal. Yeah, that's right. And I think I think the last thing I would say to them is that Superman is a lie. <laughs> In other words, God is not Superman. He's not you, but with superpowers. He is different, absolutely different than us. And therefore, the choices that God has made for this planet and for you and your life is not some dope like you that suddenly has superpowers. Yeah. He's an almighty God. And we need to treat him as such. Yes. Reverential, which we've uh, lost in many ways in the modern, casual, come-as-you-are church. Well, if you're willing to walk into the White House with flip-flops, unless you're Hunter Biden, that's probably a bad idea because you need to respect the power of the office. And, yeah, that's a great point, Ren, and I think a lot of us have lost that when it comes to God himself. Well, we've always wanted to say, now you know. Renton, thanks as always. It's great to have you here. Merry Christmas. This is Steve Noble and the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, 
ever forward.